Hello, welcome to My Secret Obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and today we're reading Stolen Kiss. Reviewers say, suspense, romance, it has it all. And another, this kept me on the edge of my seat. Stolen Kiss is a must-read for romantic suspense fans. You've probably heard of Goodreads, but a new site, Ream Stories, is connecting authors and readers. You can follow authors and get an inside view to their writing process, join them in special Facebook groups, and even hear some of your own short stories read aloud to the group. Once Ream Stories finalizes the ability to upload audiobooks, you can enjoy some of my ultra-steamy audiobooks. Please stop by my page to see what's already available at tinyurl.com slash reamcherish. So, get comfy, turn up the volume, and let's read a book. Hello, welcome to My Secret Obsession. Today, we are talking with Kay Gala. Her love for writing began as a young child. She pours her heart and soul into contemporary and paranormal romance. With over 30 books to choose from, she's got to have something for you. Kay, thank you for joining us today. Before we get to the first two chapters of Sadie's Claim, would you share something about your writing or your process? Sure. Um, I am a big fan of paranormal romance, which is why that is my main focus. I do some other things too, like contemporary romance, whatever the characters decide to tell me. But I I just really enjoy writing and I do it more for me. And I always have a little writing companion. One currently is trying to get into the bag of treats next to me. <laughs> yes, your little cat. I looked on Amazon and I saw that it, it looks like you have over 30 books um, out there published. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what your inspiration is for for your writing or um, how you get motivated to put out 30 books? Because that's a lot of books. Well, uh, some of them are shorter than others. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really just whenever the characters decide to tell me what their story is, mm-hmm. I I have to write it down. Yes. Um, and I've always, always liked to write. And around my 30th birthday, I realized that I hadn't written since I was in school. Uh-huh. And I had found we were going through the garage, you know, spring cleaning. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. And I, I found from middle school an old writing project where um, my teacher wrote a wrote me a long note about how she really liked the story and how I should, you know, focus on writing and work on getting better. And and I just kind of had one of those realization moments of, wait, why did I ever stop writing? Mm-hmm. And yeah. since that, that wall broke down of, no, you can't do this. I, I just have kept writing and kept writing and kept writing. Awesome. That's great. It's a um, lot of fun. <laughs> right. And I know uh, with like the characters, I kind of feel the same way you do is, you know, when I start writing, I'm, I'm just starting to create this, this person in my head, but you know, they eventually are not too long before they kind of take over. Oh, and, very much so. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, well, I think, oh, what, what, what would this person say with their personality? And, and so I kind of do allow the characters in a sense to guide my writing or the story, you know, to add um, details. I always have a, like a bullet point of, okay, this is where I'm headed. But, you know, it's it's like the characters help me fill all that in. And so it's interesting hearing that about you because it sounds like that happens for you also. Oh, yes. I gave up on outlines a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll write myself like a few, like you said, bullet points. Yes. And that, But I know they're going to throw a monkey wrench in 
And there will be aha moments where I'm like, I didn't even think of that. And it's, it's there on the page. And I'm like, huh, huh, they told me this. (laughs) Where'd that come from? Yeah. No, that's awesome. Do you want to tell us anything uh, more about like with your writing, your paranormal romance? Do you, I guess I would assume you've probably had a love for paranormal shows and everything. Would you, what is something that you would consider really impacted you or, or led you to that kind of love and, and what has you so focused on the paranormal and is it like vampires or aliens or what kind of, what kind of paranormal do you have? Well, my favorite authors slash series, um, I, I love J.R. Ward's Black Dagger Brotherhood, which it's a different spin on vampires, a little okay. bit different. And then um, I don't know if I pronounce her name right. Nalini Singe, but she has it's the Archangel series. There, there's okay. vampires in it. There's angels in it. There's basically all different kinds okay. of um, supernatural, but it makes it so that the world is used to it. Right. Kind of like true blood in a sense. Why, why can't it be real? So in my head, it's real. It's all right. Real. <laughs> yeah. I just, that's what I gravitate towards when I read. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it can be anything you want it to be. And if writing can be anything you want it to be, then why not put the two together and yeah, make your own little world? Yeah. I think that's fabulous. Yep. I've been reading on Kindle Vela, Amazon's new platform. There's a lot of paranormal shifter stuff. And it's a lot of fun when you do your, like your shifting romances, do you try to stick to um, like common acceptable or accepted beliefs about that shifter? Or do you kind of come up with your own and write the rules yourself? Um, A little bit of both. I really like the insta love and the faded mates idea of like, you're not going to have to worry about the whole cheating aspect. And I, I like a happily ever after in the end. Right. But the I've read some shifter stories where it's like two beings in one person. So like the shifter has a name and then I struggle to write that version. So mm-hmm. mine are always, it's just another side of you. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I gravitate towards when I'm writing, but mm-hmm. I've seen it done well both ways. I, I just love that there's so many options and, and like you can have so many different hybrids too. It's not just one thing with one set of features. It's not just mm-hmm. wolves. It's not just dragons or mountain lions or whatever it is. You can intermingle them and it works really well if you're writing a series. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. then you can do spinoffs and yeah, I just like the, the variety and the different <laughs> options. <laughs> You're right. There really are, you know, five years ago, if, if you, if I thought about a shifter story, it would have been like a werewolf or something kind of like that. Right. But now it is pretty much anything. I mean, beavers and dragons. And, you know, when I think of a dragon, I think of Daenerys's dragons and I'm like, that thing would have to be gigantic. <laughs> yeah, like Aragon. They're huge. Yes. But so I even like- read um, a shifter series that had a deer shifter and a bunny. I was like, bunny? I I would have never thought to do something other than like a predator. Right. Yeah. But it was really cool. So I, it's just really nice to see all the different 
everybody's imagination differently. <laughs> yes. And it is, it, it opens up so many different worlds to you and, you yeah. know, you kind of get in and play with in your mind and, and enjoy. So that is kind of a neat aspect to being able to create your own world and not feeling like you are constrained by the rules of, of writing or people's traditional view of, of these animals or these creatures. Right. But I did read through um, Sadie's choice. It's interesting because Sadie, it looks like she's, she wants to do what is kind of expected of her in being with her mate. And I guess she also feels that she wants to be with her mate as part of being mated, I guess, you know, in that type of um, relationship. Right. But she also seems to be trying to make herself happy in the sense of if, if something's not going to work out, then she wants to break away from um, her mated person um, from Kai, who at this point is rejecting her. And we don't really know why, um, but it, I, I like how Sadie has kind of accepted that. And now she is going to go do what she needs to do for herself. And I like that because to me, that's yeah. part of being a strong woman, you know, and, and you, a guy would need to do the same thing. You know, if somebody's not interested in you, you know, you, you do have to come to a point where you're like, okay, I need to just move on, you know? Yeah. And be who you are. And I, I like to have the strong female, but I also like where you can work together. Like yes. it doesn't have to be, I'm a strong female. I'm on my own. No, you can have people there to support you. You can have a support system. And um, I hope that that came across in the whole, the whole story. <laughs> it did. Well, at least it did in what I read. It did because, you know, she does have support systems. You know, she has a great relationship with her family and her brother. And so you're, you're right. She's not like, somebody out there trying to battle everything alone and angry at the world. She is a strong woman who is using all the advantages around her that she can and, you know, trying to bring joy to other people also through her family. I know I'm probably by the end of the book going to love Kai, but right yes. now I'm not thrilled. <laughs> I'm not thrilled with Kai. Um, yes. And I, I really think you're going to love her eventual new best friend that she meets along the way who is he's awesome is he the one that talked to kai on the phone yes okay yes he's eventually going to have his own story oh cool but um some other characters have decided to talk in the meantime <laughs> i understand that completely he's being a little quiet <laughs> right yes and, and i'm sure you'll understand it but do you want to explain just real briefly why um when you what is the mindset if you're going to, if for people who are reading and they see Kai, he looks like kind of like a, a grouchy old man in a sense. He, basically he, he kind of feels like he is a grouchy old man, even though shifters live extremely long lives and the age difference shouldn't be an issue for right. him. Mm -hmm. It is an issue, but it, it does go deeper than that. And you kind of have to give him a little grace and just, be patient with him. <laughs> yeah. And I figure, you know, as we peel the onion back on him, he's going to turn more into a diamond or something <laughs> instead of an onion. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, that's fun. But um, I really enjoyed reading that. And I'm going to play the first two chapters um, when we're done with our talk today. So make sure, listeners, you stay tuned for the Sadie's claim. You mentioned that some of the characters or the one of the characters was going to have a book. 
off yeah. of, off of this. Have you written that book or are you still in the process of? I've not it? written it yet. Um, I had every intention of going straight into it after this book. Uh-huh. Um, but several other characters decided they wanted to be first. So yeah. they broke in line. <laughs> yes, they cut in line and they're they're just nagging me and he's not talking. So you got to go with what you got to go. Exactly. What's <laughs> your, what your inspiration is. You know, do you ever struggle with writer's block or having inspiration? Oh, and yes. What do you do to, to cut through that? Writer's block is always a, a looming enemy. <laughs> it hides and it waits. Yes. Um, but I usually, I'll go back to my favorite books and I will reread them. Okay. And then I will just let myself have time where... All I do is read the stuff that I enjoy and I'll sometimes watch some movies or new things just to try and see what piques my interest at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I I have a a friend that I co-write with sometimes and she and I will bounce ideas off and then all of a sudden it'll just be like, oh, okay, I can write again. (laughs) And that's really good. Being an artist, it can be challenging because sometimes it's like it just turns off. Yes. And for me, I've gotten to the point where I kind of tell myself, hey, if you were a doctor, even if you didn't feel like it, or a teacher, you mean, because I I taught for about 10 years, I had to go and teach whether I Mm -hmm. felt like it or not. So I kind of try to tell myself, if this is my job, I need to kind of work through or push through that writer's block. And it's not easy. No. (laughs) And I think the idea of you know, reading other books is brilliant because it does kind of help get those wheels turning again for, okay, what kind of character do I want to have? What could be a good type of problem? I think that's a great thing that you do um, with the writer's block because it can be a a big challenge for writers. Definitely. And pre-made covers. Yeah. I get stuck in a loop of pre-made covers. I'm like, oh, this story would work for that. Right. Yeah. It's, that is a lot true. of times those help too. <laughs> yep. I have one friend who she has like maybe 20 book covers that she hasn't written the books for, but she's like, I'm going to write something for this cover. So um, that's true. Okay, the so I'm not so bad then because I have 18. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're not as bad, right? <laughs> There's someone more addicted than you. Yeah. <laughs> I promise I have characters in mind for them and stories in mind. I just, (laughs) if you don't buy it, when you see it, it might not be there when you go back. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for coming on today, Kay. It was great talking with you. Um, Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad you were able to come on. That was great. And for the listeners, please uh, stay tuned because we are going to hear the first two chapters of Sadie's claim. Prologue. Sadie. For two years now, I've known the identity of my true mate. As a wolf shifter, our 16th birthday is special because it unlocks the part of us that is able to identify and connect with our soulmate. All we have to do is see them, or be within scent range, and we know instinctively. Some take years to find their mates, and others never do. I thought at first that made me fortunate, and I would still agree with that statement, if it weren't for the fact that my mate has avoided me, like the plague, since discovering that I am his mate. My father, our Pax Alpha, assured me that Kai was merely concerned about my age. In a way, I can understand that, considering he is in his nineties. Waiting isn't usually an issue, 
due to the fact that our species has a centuries-long lifespan, but it would have been nice to at least get to know my mate and spend time with him. Just because we can know who our mate is at 16 doesn't mean we would have been able to get together yet. Long ago, the elders imposed a decree stating that no shifter shall be claimed until their 18th birthday. Kai hasn't said more than a handful of words to me in the past two years. He didn't even show up at my birthday party last night. I'm officially an adult and have no idea what to say to my mate. There's an undeniable pull to one's mate. It's like my entire being needs to be near him. Typically, a mated pair can't bear to be separated from one another. Your mate is your other half. You cannot feel whole without half of who you are supposed to be. Shifters even heal faster when their mate is near. It is a struggle being so close to Kai while being unable to spend time with him. I've done my best to handle the feelings of loss and abandonment, but it's hard to stay positive when it feels as though you're unwanted. The entire pack looks at me with pity and sadness, as if they know Kai will never claim me. What I don't understand is if he won't claim me, then why doesn't he put us both out of our misery and reject me? It doesn't happen often, but if a mate can't bear the choice fate has made for them, they can speak the ancient words, which would sever the bond completely. Which would sever the bond completely. Maybe he was just busy last night. I think to myself as I sit in the bay window of my bedroom, looking out into the forest. What has you thinking so hard? My mother asks as she enters the room. With a deep sigh, I know I can't hide anything from her knowing stare. I don't understand why Kai won't even talk to me. If I walk into the room, he leaves. If I try to make small talk, he stares over my head, then walks away. I've even seen him cut training sessions with the guards short because I was there watching. I know as captain of the guard he's busy, but why doesn't he want me? As my eyes begin to mist with tears, my mother wraps me in her warm embrace. I let it all out. All my worries and fears, all the sadness and anxiety pours out of me. I don't know what he's thinking, sweet girl. I was just sure once you came of age, he'd claim you. What I do know is that you are a wonderful, intelligent, funny, and caring young female. You deserve to have every blessing this life has to offer. Give him time, but don't stop living your life to wait for a male to make you happy. Find that happiness and that purpose while you wait for him to see his stupidity for making you wait. I've watched Kai these past two years. He's a good person, and I know that he would make a good mate someday. My mother continues, I think that you need to find something else to focus on. This will all work itself out. In the meantime... Your brother mentioned that he'd be hanging out at the rec center today. Why don't you go spend some time with him? Maybe beat him in a game of air hockey or two. She winks at me as I smile, knowing that spending time with my brother always brightens my mood. I nod, then go in search of my shoes. The rec center isn't far from our family home. Maybe a five-minute walk. Then, if you continue another two or three minutes, you'll find the pack house, which is where my brother and my father work. One day, Slade will take over for our father as Pack Alpha. I don't know yet what my contribution to the pack will be, but there's no place else I'd rather be. An ache forms in my gut at the thought, because the truth is, deep down, I know that where I want to be most is at Kai's side, even if that means leaving the pack I love. Dark, depressive thoughts threaten to ruin my mood again, 
as I worry about the potential ramifications if Kai were to reject me. I know I'd never be able to stay so close to him with that kind of finality and hurt. Would I be forced from my home? If I thought the pitying stares were bad now, they'd be so much worse. Hey, watch it. An angry voice barks as I collide with someone's hard back. I was so lost in my thoughts that I hadn't been paying attention or watching where I was going. Stumbling backwards, a hand wraps around my wrist, catching me before I can fall. I'm, I'm sorry, I stammer. The hand immediately releases me, as if I've burnt it, which, in a way, I have. From that one simple touch, my skin hums with excitement, and I know exactly who I've bumped into. I look up into the unreadable, steel-gray eyes of my mate, and hope that for once, he won't disappear. This is the first time he's seen me since I've come of age. Maybe that will make a difference. Hi, I whisper when all he does is glare at me. Watch where you're going, he grumbles before turning to leave. Wait, I plead, falling into step behind him. When he realizes I'm following him, he stops. What? Irritation and impatience pour off him in waves. I, uh, I missed you at my birthday party. I thought, well, I thought you'd come, I admit. Why? He folds his arms across his chest and sets his gaze above my head as if he can't stand to look at me. Seriously? Because you're my mate, that's why. I can feel my own anger and irritations pushing aside the hurt long enough for me to have this conversation. No, I'm not. He states with finality. His words sting, but I don't buckle. Yes, you are. Just because you haven't claimed me yet? That doesn't mean you're not still my mate. If that's what you want to believe, be my guest. But unless my mark is on your neck, you have no reason to expect me to be around. Why are you like this? My heart aches as I try to process his words. Like what? You act as if I'm repulsive, like I'm some sort of obsessed stalker. What have I ever done to make you hate me so much? The entirety of my being feels as though it will combust at any moment but I hold myself together. You don't know me, and I don't know you. You are a child, trying to play grown-up. Do us both a favor, and leave me alone. He storms off before I can say anything in my defense. I knew our age gap was an issue for him, when I was underage, but I didn't realize he saw me that way. Kai is only 97. For shifters who live to be several hundred years, that kind of age gap is normal. So why is he so fixated on my age? Turning on my heels, I run toward the woods before despair engulfs me. Kai. For months, I've been getting regular emails from a shifter named Daisy. I'm not sure what it is about the she-wolf, but we've become close friends through our daily email correspondence. What started out as a simple pack collaboration email request has turned into pen pals of sorts. The unusual relationship helps to ease the tension and nerves brought on by pushing my mate away. My mate is beautiful and kind. She is too smart for her own good and has an awesome sense of humor, all of which I've only ever witnessed from afar, because while she is all of those wonderful attributes, she is also too young. At nineteen, she is but a pup and the Alpha's daughter at that. It kills me to push her away but I don't trust my self-control where she is concerned. 
better to keep my distance than to slip up and do something that can't be undone. It'd be the death of me if I ever hurt her in that manner. Nights like tonight, when I can't stop thinking about what it would be like to finally claim my mate. I'm so thankful for the distraction work provides. As the head of the guard, there is no shortage of tasks for me to handle, as well as training sessions to oversee. But tonight, I'm focused on paperwork and applications for the upcoming recruits. A chime on my phone notifies me that I have a new incoming email. Setting the papers down, I smile as I load the proper app on my phone. Dear Kai, I know it's a little early in the evening, and I'm sure you're hard at work, but I wanted to share my good news with you. My alpha got word regarding my pack advancement courses I told you about. I don't have a lot of details yet, but I'm proud of myself for taking this step. This is a huge deal for me. While I'm excited for the new journey, I'm also nervous. With training starting pretty much immediately, I don't know how often I'll be able to access my emails. It's my understanding that for the first month or so, I'll be kept pretty busy. Please don't stop writing to me. There aren't many people I consider friends, and I'd hate to lose you through this. I value our friendship more than you could ever know. P.S. Try to have a little fun for me. Sincerely, Daisy. I'd be lying if I said this news didn't put me on edge. There is no reason for me to feel this way, but at the same time, I can't shake it. Daisy is a friend who has been looking forward to advancing her career. I should be happy for her, not sad that I won't be able to talk to her as often. Before I can shake the feeling, there is a knock on my door. Enter. Sadie peeks inside before slowly coming in. My mate looks nervous, and as much as I hate that I make her feel uneasy, I don't do anything to alleviate the feeling. I was wondering if you were going to come to the bonfire tonight, my mate asks with a hopeful smile. Why would I do that? I ask in a forced, bored tone of voice. There's a moment's pause before she says, Because I asked you to? My heart aches, and I desperately want to agree, even if just to watch her interact with the rest of the pack. But I am a weak man, and I know if I give in now, I'll give in to so much more. I've spent the past three years avoiding close proximity to her. That won't change any time soon. No, I state firmly. But it's my... I said no. I cut her off before she can finish whatever plea she has in mind. She gasps at the harshness of my tone, but wisely says nothing as she turns to leave. As she steps through the threshold, she turns and says, Goodbye. So softly, I would have missed it if I weren't watching her leave, then closes the door behind her. It takes me long into the night before I'm able to finish what little work I had remaining. My mind kept replaying Sadie's visit, and my heart wanted to go to her, but I know staying away from her is what is best. I don't want her to get the wrong idea. As dawn creeps above the horizon, I stretch and walk around my office, trying to alleviate some of the tension that has formed in the muscles of my back and shoulders. No matter what I do, I feel wound tight, unable to shake the sense of impending doom. My office is on the main floor of the pack house, so it's only a short walk to the kitchen. Our pack house is where all of our offices are, but it is also a place for any pack member to seek shelter, supplies, or food if needed. It's a safe haven of sorts, and most young, unmated pack members have spent time calling the large estate home 
until they found their footing within the pack. As I finished eating my sandwich, Slade, the Alpha's son and future Alpha of our pack, walks in. It's rare for him to be here on a Saturday, let alone in the kitchen. His mother is an amazing cook and loves to make sure he always has fresh homemade meals available. Gotta say, I'm surprised we didn't see you this morning, Slade says as he leans against the door, with his arms crossed over his chest. My brows furrow. It's the weekend. I didn't realize there was somewhere that I was expected to be. His brows raised in response. She didn't tell you? The hair on the back of my neck stands up. Who didn't tell me what? Deep down, I know that I'm not going to like what he tells me next. Shit, man. I didn't think I'd be the one to tell you this, but, uh, Sadie left. My ears ring. I'm sorry, what? Dad drove her to the airport first thing this morning. I'm sure Slade is expecting a response out of me, but it's like a constant dial tone ringing between my ears. At least here on Pack Lands, I know she's safe, but out in the world, there is no telling what could happen to her. When will she come back? Slade's expression turns apologetic. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Where is she going? I ask angrily at her brother's lack of information. She's on her way to Siberia to train to become a wolverine. The training alone is six months, and if she decides to stay, no. I shake my head, unable to hear anymore. The wolverines are an elite class of soldiers for the shifter community. All top of their class, or bloodline, children of alumni. Eventually, those who survive the program go on to lead or become master soldiers. Many never return to their home pack. Slade knows how difficult the process is because he was there for a year training to prepare to become the next Alpha. Chapter 1. Sadie. It's the familiarity of the pain that allows me to get through it. The ache in my chest never dulls, but its constance is a reminder that there is still hope. My mate may pretend that I don't exist, but at least he hasn't rejected me. Not yet, anyway. The mean voice in the back of my mind whispers. When I decided to leave my home in order to follow my childhood dream of becoming a wolverine, like my father and brother before me, I had to admit, to myself at least, that I was also running away from the stress brought on by Kai's actions, or inactions, as it were. The wolf inside of me cries out for her mate constantly, and my half-human is struggling to maintain control. It would be so much easier to shift into my wolf form and let instinct rule, but to do that would risk allowing myself to remain as an animal forever. We can shift whenever we choose, not like the stories humans use to scare children during the full moon. We also have full control of ourselves because the wolf is us. When we refer to our animal side, we are referring to the part of ourselves that relies on instinct and our advanced sense the side that would happily live in the forest, far from society and modern conveniences, the far simpler side. Our lands are protected. We can shift any time the urge hits, but I can't remember ever seeing Kai in his wolf form, nor can I remember being in his presence while I was in mine. I wonder if Kai would have claimed me had we shifted together. Initially, when I first arrived, I had expected to find a modicum of peace by removing myself from the area, 
but proximity is irrelevant where mates are concerned. Thankfully, I've had years of experience with these feelings, so managing them feels normal now. The only saving grace is how much I love it here, and the fact that no one here knows about the mate that won't claim me. To them, I am normal, and I don't get the pitying glances. Sure, it's cold all the time, and it's a lot of hard work both physically and mentally, but it makes me feel useful, and I'm learning so much. When I'm on a mission or helping coordinate one, I feel alive. Logistics and strategy fascinate me. When training was over, those of us who passed all aspects and classes were given an invitation to join the ranks. Despite missing my family and my pack, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to stay and do some good. There was also so much more I could learn. It was a relatively easy decision to sign on. What wasn't an easy decision was the term. Most signed on for three or five years. A few signed on as career, which meant they would remain and become a part of the infrastructure. Ten years. I chose to sign on for ten years. For a shifter, it's nothing. But being away from my family for so long is hard. A part of me wants to stay here forever. But another part of me, the part who misses the land she calls home and craves her mate, hopes that the remaining three years of my ten-year contract will fly by. Deep down, I know that the soldier's life is not for me long term. Whenever I call home, my mother likes to tell me every detail of pack life. It makes me feel like I'm still there, and that, when I return, I'll be able to seamlessly come back into the fold, until she brings up Kai. She always tells me how he's doing, and how many times he asks about me. I know she means well, but knowing that he's asking about me only serves to add to my own questions. Why? Why would he care? Does that mean he's finally over the age thing? And if he is, why doesn't he reach out to me? As the Alpha's daughter, my contact information is available to the whole pack. Anyone could reach out via call or text anytime they wish. Look alive. Kane, our squadron leader, barks as he enters the barracks. We all drop whatever we're doing and stand at attention. It's rare for him to enter so close to lights out. We've got reports of missing shifter cubs from the west. Four bears, two wolves, and a bobcat, all under the age of ten. The youngest is the bobcat at two years old. Intel believes ferals are involved, although we can't be sure. Kane pauses to look each of us in the eye before he continues. Due to the political climate in that region, we are not permitted to intervene. He holds his hand up to silence our protests. The squadron will not launch a full investigation into the matter nor will we send a rescue unit. That being said, I do not need all of you on our next mission. If three of you were to take some well-deserved time off, I'd gladly approve that time. And if you happen to use that information in the file I dropped on my way in to find and rescue those children, well, command would never need to know. I look to my left and then to my right. Stepping forward, I clear my throat. Do you have something to say, soldier? Kane asks calmly. Yes, sir. I believe I've racked up some leave time. I know it's short notice, but I'd like to use a few days. Out of the corner of my eye, I see Tilo and Alex step forward as well. We have some we'd like to use as well, Alex states. I see, Kane says with a proud smile. Leave, granted. With that final statement, Kane exits the way he came in. Alex finds the file 
and we begin to review and plan. Despite not being part of the not mission, the rest of our squadron brainstorms with us late into the night. Everything from transportation to gear, we've got it all equipped and ready to leave by morning. Kai Dear Kai, today was long but definitely productive. My roommate and I had some free time after dinner, so we did some work on that abandoned greenhouse I told you about. I think it's safe to say that it is no longer abandoned as we've staked our claim. I put a request through to order some various seeds and starter plants, but in my excitement, I didn't think about fertilizer or anything to treat the soil. We'll have to wait until our next supply run to make that request. If all goes well, we plan on growing herbs and vegetables year-round. For now, we're going to stick with flowers, at least until we can get some compost and that fertilizer in. Daisies are, of course, the first thing I plan on planting. They are my favorite flower, after all. There's been talk around here lately about renovations. We're hoping they consider expanding our rec center. The catch-22 of the situation is that it doesn't currently get a lot of use. But it doesn't get used because it needs a major overhaul. It's small and everything is outdated. Even my grandma would be bored to tears. If it were to be renovated and upgraded, it would get constant use. I'm sure of it. I hope everything is going well with you and that you're taking care of yourself. Sincerely, Daisy. I don't know what it is about this friendship. But every time I see a notification from her, I feel lighter. When I think about her, I can't help but wonder what she's doing or where she is. In all this time, I've never pointedly asked her details about her pack or where it's located, and now it seems like it's too late to ask something like that. If she wanted me to know, she would have told me. Dear Daisy, I'm glad to hear that you and your roommate are having fun with the greenhouse. My mother is big into gardening, always has been. She would always con me into helping her dig in the dirt and tend to the plants. As much as I groaned and would complain, the truth is I enjoyed every minute of it. If you run into any issues, I'd be glad to ask her for advice. She seemed to be able to make anything grow. I might remember the basics, but it's been so long that when it comes to anything advanced, I'm lost. Renovations can be a big undertaking. The request will need to be presented properly for it to be approved, make the case, and show interest. One of my new recruits is struggling. I don't know how to help him. It's like he doesn't retain the information. He's great at the physical aspects, but anything involving critical thinking or attention, he's lost. It's like he's never encountered any of the practice scenarios before, despite reviewing them the prior day. If I can't think of something to help him soon, I'll have to notify my Alpha so that we can place him elsewhere. Tomorrow, I plan to talk with the recruit to get an idea of his headspace and to see if there is something I'm missing. Oh, and before I forget, I tried that recipe you suggested last time, and it turned out great. I surprised myself by not burning the thing. Your friend, Kai. As captain of the guard, sometimes I have to make tough decisions. No matter how hard we try to screen new recruits and do everything we can to set them up for success, there is no guarantee. Today, I had to have an honest discussion with Jax regarding his lack of improvement. The only positive side is that he knew it was coming and was actually relieved to address his issues. He initiated a request to transfer out of the program. With the proper forms to transfer him in hand, I head to the office office for his final approval. 
Random pack members passed me in the hallway. None stopped to speak with me, no doubt due to the permanent frown I wear like a uniform. It's not that I'm angry all the time. Just quiet, and I mind my own business. My job keeps me busy, and that's the way I prefer to keep it. I will admit, for the past week or so, my mood has been darker, and I've been feeling off lately. I can't quite shake the feeling that something is wrong. It's like a constant feeling of impending doom. But there are no red flags, nothing amiss. The Alpha's office door is open, so I walk in. Slade is sitting at his father's desk, checking his phone every few seconds. Am I interrupting? I ask as I approach. At the sound of my voice, he looks up and glares at me. What do you want? I'm taken aback by his hostility, but let it go for now. I've got a form for your father to sign. Well, you'll have to give it to me. My father will be gone for the foreseeable future, so that leaves me in charge. He holds his hand out, waiting for me to give him the form. Something in the way he's acting sets me on edge. I wasn't aware the Alpha was taking off. Slade glares at me. Yeah, well, neither was he. There was an emergent matter he needed to attend to off pack lands. Their flight left early this morning. What kind of emergency? I ask as my anxiety rises. There is only one thing, one person I can think of that would cause them to rush away so quickly. Sadie. My heart races as I wait for Slade to confirm my fears. Slade's eyes narrow. Why do you care? I'm shocked by his question, but I suppose it's deserved. In fact, he continues, before I'm able to articulate a proper response. Why do you bother asking about my sister at all? Sucking in a sharp breath, I do my best to keep my face neutral despite the fact that he just confirmed my fear. Whatever the emergency is, it involves Sadie. You know why. Slade and I have been friends for a long time. We don't normally discuss the situation between his sister and myself, but he knows that she is too young for me to claim. He has known since the day I realized that she was my mate. After that discussion, he was the only one who didn't hassle me about claiming my mate. Until now. She'll be fine. No thanks to you. He snarls. What the hell is that supposed to mean? It means that if you'd get your head out of your ass and at least speak to your mate? He stops mid-sentence and takes a deep, calming breath. You know what? No. Talk to her or don't talk to her. Do whatever makes it easier. For you. I'm not getting in the middle. Taking the paperwork out of my hand, Slade signs the form, then gives it back to me. You're dismissed, he says as he sits behind the desk and checks his phone once again. As I make my way back to my office, I can't think straight. Is she hurt? What did he mean by all of that? Is this all my fault? I've never needed to run more in my entire life. Taking my phone, I slip it into the pocket of my jeans before leaving the pack house and heading into the forest. Once in the forest, I take a deep breath and grab my phone. Calling a number I've never used before, I pray I'll get a response. The call goes straight to voicemail. Without leaving a message, I disconnect the call. To avoid ruining my clothes, I strip and fold them carefully before laying them on the ground by a large tree. Letting the shift take over, I howl long and low. I'm confused and achy all over. When I'm on all fours, 
I shake out my thick, jet-black fur before bounding deeper into the forest. My paws connect with the soil as I race past trees and wildlife. My muscles ache as I make another lap around the pack's land. I don't know how long I've been running, but it feels good to just let go and run. When I finally return to my clothes, the moon is high in the sky. As I dress, I work up the courage to make the call one more time. Holding the phone in my hand, it takes far longer than I'd like to admit to press the call button. As it rings, I hold my breath, hoping she won't answer while praying that she will. Hello? An unfamiliar male voice answers. Did I dial the wrong number? Taking the phone away from my ear, I check the screen and the picture I took of Sadie while she was playing with a stray dog is on the screen. She never knew I was watching her, but she was so happy that I had to capture the image. It's been her contact image ever since. I see it every time I feel weak and want to call her, but never do. Hello? Is anyone there? The male voice says as I bring the phone back to my ear. Who is this? I ask, still trying to process why another male would have access to her phone. Not how this works, buddy. You called this number, so you can tell me who you are first, the male says confidently. I'm looking for Sadie. Well, she is unavailable. Who is this? Where is she? I'm getting angrier by the second. I need to know if my mate is okay, and this male isn't giving me anything. Considering the fact that I have no clue who you are, I'm not telling you anything. Bye. No, wait, I'm from her home pack. I just wanted to talk to her. I feel my blood boiling as I try to remain calm. The male sighs. Look, she's with her parents. If you give me a message, I can pass it on for you. She's okay? I breathe. How do you know about... Wait, is this Slade? Why didn't you just call your parents? I have to go. Neither confirming nor denying his inquiry. I end the call before he can respond. Before we say goodbye, I have a friend I'd like you to meet. Mary Duke is a prolific writer on Amazon's Vela platform. Her books range from supernatural, thriller and suspense, YA and steamy romance. There's something for everyone in Mary's repertoire. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I hope that you enjoyed these chapters from Stolen Kiss. New episodes drop on Tuesdays and Fridays. To keep up with various novels and authors that we feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively. Or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively. Goodbye.